When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Jordan and Jake, powered by Ortho Carolina. When time is of the essence, Ortho Carolina is here for you with convenient urgent care and walk-in services. Ortho Carolina. You improved this week on jordan and jake my daughter was just born on the 17th uh a few months earlier you know december and so you know what i went with 17th maybe every concession needs to move to liquid form so you'd have smoothies you'd have soup milkshake here are your panther hall of honor members jordan gross and jake delome Hey, Panther World, welcome to the Jordan Jake Podcast. I'm Jordan Gross. This is Jake DeLome with me as always. And Jake, I'm glad we hit the record button because it's making me calm down. Yeah, I know you're holding in a laugh right now because just before we came on to record this, I had to yell at my kids to keep it down. I am ready for school to start back up, Jake, and I don't know if we're going to get to, man. Talk me through this. Well, I'm going to talk you through <laughs> One, they do get older. And they'll become, you know, they'll go out on their own. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much. Uh, two, with school, my youngest starts tomorrow. So that's a positive thing. But three, you were complaining to your kids about them using the air compressor and making noise. So what are they actually doing with the air compressor? They're filling noise? up a dang pool float. It's not like they're fixing something jake they're filling up that's filling what up I, that's pool. what i want to know no okay they're filling up a pool float so i yelled at him and i didn't even mute it so you and, and matt our producer could hear i yelled at him to be quiet and, and teddy my oldest says well what should i do about the air compressor i said do it later when i'm not recording a show then yeah so now i now i can hear him and you might be able to but now they're driving around on the little john deere tractor to like go mow the lawn or something instead which is which is good but I said, my quote was, we've got a whole farm and I can't find a quiet place. It's so ridiculous. This is, this is awesome, man. It's awesome. God bless school. And can we get her going again, please? Yeah, we're going to get it going. But Jordan, they're outside. They're doing things outside. You need to get over that. I mean, no, I, it's, a, it's a little noise. I mean, come on. 
I know, but it's like we were trying to be professional. Last week we used some service to record remotely. We sounded terrible. I'm trying to be professional, Jake. That's all. Okay. You know, I'm all right. I'm trying to be professional. So I'm I don't have my act together like you do, man. I don't have it my, sounds part like, of the reason. It sounds like there's ahead. a little COVID chaos going on in your mind well, right now and you're frustrated. Plus, I'm agitated and I'm not normally agitated, you know that, Jake. But I'm also coaching at my alma mater, Fruitland High School. I'm the head O-line coach, Jake. I don't know if you know that or not. And I did we're not practicing. know that. Yeah, so we're pra- we started practice, okay? But if school opens and we have to go online, which is two weeks from now, the practice is can- the season's canceled. So I've just I've been working with these kids all summer, these O and D linemen, and I've just fallen in love with them. You know how it is, right? And yeah. I'm like all in giving them everything I got, teaching it like I'm teaching these, you know, sophomore O-linemen, like, here's what you do. You flip your hips, you leverage that guy, and you torque him, you know, and they're looking at me like, what? But I'm, <laughs> I'm giving them all I got. So I'm, I'm also anxious that their season's going to get canceled for these seniors. And I got a couple that got a shot to go play some small level college. So it's, it's just like everybody else, Jake. We're just we're looking forward to this NFL season and don't forget about some of the other craziness around us. You know what I mean? Well, I promise you, hopefully the season doesn't get canceled. But what you've done so far, being a former first round pick, pro bowler, yada yada yada, you have impacted their lives in some way already. I can promise you that. Anyway, go ahead. Well, good. No, it's fun. I like it. I definitely, you know, here's the thing, Jake, you got all these, you got all this coach talk in your head that you accumulated over 20 something years of football, right? And coaches would say stuff and you'd be thinking, well, that's just stupid, you know, like some saying or whatever, (laughs) you know? And so now I'm in freaking practice and I'm saying, Hey guys, all we need you to be is smart and tough. And that's the exact John Fox Uh, saying, right? And I'm like, well, I just, and I was like, that is all you need. That is all you need from your players. He was right, you know? When you're hearing it though, you're just like, yeah, whatever. So as we're recording this, exactly two hours and nine minutes ago, I was talking to my college football team. I go every year, the coach asked me to come speak to the team. So two hours and nine minutes ago, I was addressing the team. And you'll never guess one of the lines that I used. Let's hear it. If it was tough, anybody could do it. Anybody could do it. I mean, is that not John Fox in the middle of the practice in either at Walford College or after a tough loss or or, or two on on the practice fields? I mean, come on. Is that crazy? And you don't want to hear it when you're the player. You're like, well, whatever, coach. And then you're on the other side, and you're like, that's exactly what I need to say. I, I yelled at my O-linemen because they were – it was like the first day we really pushed them hard, you know. They were all getting tired. I was like, don't let fatigue make a coward out of you. <laughs> you know, and, I say, and I always quote my source, too. I'll say, don't let fatigue make a ca- coward out of you. John Fox, 2007. Hey. And they are like, that, that annoys them even more. So – Oh, it's so true. We so we do listen. In essence, the the moral of the story is we do hear what we do, and the coaches at all levels impact anyone who's listening right now that impacts you. And Jake, I know we're we're on a Panthers, we're on Panthers.com, but we both played college football and and follow it. Pac-12 canceled the season. Mountain West here, you know, I'm in Idaho now, so Boise State's everything to all these folks. 
canceled season, man. Can you wrap your brain around that? It's the, the college college football's had a season every year since 1869, Jake. So now it's like up to the Big Ten to save the day. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. It's it, well, everything you're hearing is that the SEC they're playing somehow, some way they are going to play. So hopefully they can have some safety measures in place. And um, but. If college football does not play, just be ready for a ton of NFL, I would assume, on Saturdays and Sundays. So all oh, the NFL's 100% market share. Oh, God. it's gonna. There's going to be like a the salary cap's going to go up next year somehow, despite all of this, if NFL is the only game on tape. I, I feel good about things with the NFL this season progressing. It's cool seeing like how low the positive test rate has been across the league. And the bubble, like now that, you know, Panthers came out with the uh, their short web series about how, thing, you know, the training camp episodes and stuff shows some of the protocol in there. It's it's really cool. Some of the, the some of the stadiums, though, Jake, no fans. Cowboys just announced they're going to play with fans. Where do you sit on that? Um, listen, I think if you can social distance a certain amount and some of these stadiums are massive. Listen, the Cowboys stadium is massive. So – if they can social distance and allow however many fans they want or you come at your own risk, whatever type of mitigation measures measures can be put in place, then I think a lot will depend uh, upon the fans. Uh, I don't know what, where they're at in Texas in regards to what phase that they're in or is it 25 or 50 percent wherever they're at, but let's hope by the start of the season they're at least at 50 percent. So uh, can it be 50 percent capacity? Because um, I know the – Fans are dying for uh, dying for it uh, to, to see live action. I know the players certainly would love nothing more than to play in front of the fans. So I'm hopeful that at some point we can definitely get fans in the stands. Would you go to a game if you were yes. if you were not Jake Delome, the mighty quarterback? You were just an NFL Whatever. fan. Would you go to a game? Yes, 100. percent I would go to a game. And listen, if I, I'd wear my, my mask, you know, I would. I would use, you know, precautions and, and things of that nature. Yes, I definitely would. I would go as well. And I think I'd make a return because if you have your mask, one of the things about going to the game is like the concessions and drinking a beer, right? Well, correct. So for adults over 21, 21 and over. But I think it's time to bring back. Do you remember the hard hat that, that had the two cans? Yes, the, the mount- two cans with the straws. And with the straw back. It's the only way fans are going to be able to safely go to a football game now and still consume the spirits, Jake. What do you th- I think we could I think we should figure out the patent on that. Who owns the copyright? Why did you say stuff? this? Why did you say this on air? Why didn't we talk about well, this? We should have. Well, I just kind of it came to me the other day when I was thinking about like how could you do it? I said they need those hats again. Well, <laughs> exactly what the- I, or this could come into play and this really would be the money, we wouldn't be making any money. When I played in NFL Europe and I played in Frankfurt in 99, I kid you not, when we would drive up in the buses to the game, the, the fans loved to tailgate in Europe. They were walking into the stadium with gallon jugs of milk, you know, the clear gallon jugs yeah. of milk with dra- with beer poured in them, and they could bring that into the stadium. Nice. They would bring their, so, yes, so they would bring their alcohol into the stadium. So is that what we're going to have to do as fans is bring our, I don't know. You know. Not everyone drinks alcohol. It might just be a Coca-Cola. It might be a Pepsi. It might be water, whatever. But 
But then you'd have to is, go. It's safety measures. A, it is safety measures. Well, especially if you got one of those really long, silly straws with all the loops, you could just let it sit on the ground below you and silly straw your draft beer all the way into your mouth. That maybe the whole, you know what? We're onto something here, Jake. Maybe every concession needs to move to liquid form. So you'd have smoothies, you'd have mm-hmm. soup, milkshakes, right? Coffee, all of it straw based through your hard hat. I'm writing this down, and we're going to call the, the Panther Concession Department after this. So, uh, when you're watching this, I game, like though, Jake. You're watching yes. the Panthers. You're a fan. Who are you most excited to see of all the millions of new players in Panthers uniform? I got my guy. Uh, give me yours. Oh, great question. So we're talking strictly new guy. Strictly new. They could have been on another NFL team last year, but not this year, or not uh, the Panthers. Listen. I mean, it's it, there's two. There, one's offense, one defense, and I know it's. Well, you easy. can use them both. That's fine. Okay. Well, okay. Obvi- look, one, it's Teddy. I, I want to watch him. I want to watch him operate. There's no question. But number two, it's Derek Brown. I I was campaigning for this guy before the draft. I just want to see this big, large man wreak havoc like I watched him wreak havoc in the SEC. Those are my two. So you went with the two, the two obvious, most easiest well, ones. You ready for mine? And then we'll yeah, discuss. We can discuss. You ready? Yeah. Matt Rule, not a player. Mm. Trick question. Mm, That's who I'm most like excited it. to watch. Can you – he – you know, I was reading some quotes of his about coming from college with no preseason games saying that this doesn't feel that abnormal to him. This exactly. schedule, we mentioned that you know? last week. Correct. I mean, there's a saying, and it's not from John Fox, but that's why they pay you the big bucks, right? We say that to anybody that's got any tough job to do on the football field. You could use that anywhere, but that's the saying, right? Well, Matt Rule got paid the big bucks and then some to come in and revitalize this Panther football team. I can't wait to see what the, the, the culture of the team looks like, what the vibe of the team, what the offense with Joe Brady, what Matt Rule said, you know, go ahead and do it and see what it looks like. The whole it's good it's a whole new team, but but go back and talk about Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback to quarterback. You followed him as a saint. I was excited, so were you when they signed him here to Carolina. What do you what are you looking for? What can we anticipate as fans with this guy? Uh, maturity. Um, someone that is in total control. I truly believe that. If you ever listen to Teddy, like I like to listen to his press conferences, he's never caught off guard by a question. He's never bothered by a question. It just seems like he's smooth. He'll look somebody in the eye. And he has some type of like calmness. There's a comfort about it. And I'm hoping that's kind of what he brings. And that's that's in essence how he's always played. He's always been that kind of, he, he played with the calm demeanor. and I go back. We've we've talked about this last year. He got put in a different difficult situation. He's replacing a Drew Brees, and the first game is in Seattle. And you know how difficult it is to play up there and to win up there. And he wasn't trying to be Drew Brees, which I love his comments that said, "I am got to be myself and not Drew Brees." And he played effective football. Got the ball out of his hands. Didn't take sacks. Didn't turn the ball over. Got it to his playmakers. Because we have some playmakers. So that's what I want to see. I'm anxious to watch just that steadiness. Um, last year, I was looking forward to watching Cam. I wanted to see this great athlete, great dynamic man play quarterback, run around, throw it, and unfortunately got hurt. Watched Kyle do some good things, and I watched him struggle some. 
um, as there was a learning curve for him. And then a kind of a, a offensive line was kind of, a, I guess, in flux, you could say. Will yep. had the one opportunity to play, and then he got kind of banged up in the in the second game. So just some continuity on offense, and I, I truly believe Teddy's going to bring that. Uh, he's got some guys to throw to, Jake. I don't know if you noticed or not yet, but DJ Moore had a sneaky, awesome season last year. I mean, us Panther fans knew it seemed like nationally there wasn't a lot of noise made for him. I think he ended up ninth in receiving, and the, you know, finished anything in the top ten is – outstanding especially for young player but Robbie Anderson speedy receiver from the Jets and then you got Curtis Samuel still so the speed Jake uh, on the edge for us is is going to be a lot of fun to watch and with Joe Brady do you think they could take advantage of all that outside speed we need to because that's you can't coach it you know you can't coach that And that's what we need to. And I'm like you. DJ doesn't get enough credit. And I think I might have been on a local radio in Charlotte this week talking about DJ. And, and this was my, my point I was trying to make was he's, he's not this big personality, this loud personality. He's just not that guy. He's a quiet guy. And does that make people maybe not think about him that often because he's just kind of under the radar and doesn't say a whole lot and he's, he's very quiet because remember steve was a big personality and steve was i mean look he's a first ballot hall of famer but steve was that guy you know that fiery guy but steve was not a starter at receiver for the panthers until his third year dj's going into his third year so I just think a lot it's because of his personality that he gets overlooked and not only in charlotte but i just think nationally well, he's not. He's if you're not going to be a big, tall, intimidating body as a receiver, you know, Randy Moss, somebody, somebody comes to mind like that, like a, a guy that you look at and are wowed, then you got to have to stand out in other ways. It's just going to take DJ a few years of the conse- consecutive success like that for people to take note. Because I, I mean, you just said it, but he doesn't demand attention, which is you know, I, I love that look. It's right. winning, Jordan. Yeah, it's winning. We, as soon as we win, there's more primetime games, there's more national exposure, and you people are made aware of it. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, Chris, uh, Christian came onto the scene right away because, one, but he came with a huge reputation from college. And then the last name, his father. Good right? name. So he had all those things going for him. And, you know, he, he doesn't suck when he's on the field. No. So that, that, that always helps. Um, but that's the thing I think with DJ, the more winning we can do, I think he'll become more of a household name. Derek Brown, household name after this season. I'm not so sure if it'll be after this season, just team wise. Um, uh, I think, I think it will come. Uh, now listen, we haven't put the pads on yet at camp, but I just, man, this guy was, he wreaked havoc in the sec and usually somebody on a defensive line that in the SEC that usually will translate to some success in the NFL. He had 13 sacks last year, Jake, as a senior. From an interior position. I know. I know. 13 sacks for a defensive end is amazing. It's a great year in the NFL with 16 games. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. That stands out. Plus, D tackle is the the next the only thing less sexy than D tackle, as far as like attention, people and people lo- like uh, fa- excitement and notoriety from fans. The only thing worse than D tackle is the entire offensive line. 
So I say that to say <laughs> when you're a top pick and you're an O-lineman, there's pre- I can t- speak to this, you know, there's pressure, but nobody's really that like pumping you up too much that you're awesome because you're an O-lineman, right? And it's different than if you're a quarterback, receiver, linebacker. So D tackles the next spot where you could be a seventh round or a seventh overall pick, have a lot of uh, excitement towards you, but most fans don't really know if you're doing well or not as a de- as a defensive tackle. So he's not going to have the same pressure that if we drafted a quarterback seventh overall. Or something I agree, like that, Jake. I agree totally. But but I have a strange question that just popped in my mind, and I've always yeah. wanted you to come out and say. Why were you number 69? I mean, like... I was number... Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's funny because now I told you I'm coaching high school. And I was like... So we're handing out numbers. And a kid chose number 69. And he's the kid that would choose it. Just based (laughs) on, like... You you. know, stereotypes of people. You know, like he just... Kind of a wild kid. You know, he's all fired up to get it. He said, And he's excited because I'm coaching him as well. But why did I get that? So I was 61 in high school, which is horribly ugly number. And I don't know. I was 61 in high school because that's what I was given as a freshman. Okay. But I thought so you then I got tied in early on in high school. Well, I did do training camp as a sophomore as tight end. And I played, I started one game at tight end. And then the varsity coach said, nope, you're coming to varsity O-line. Because I was JV tight end. Okay. So he said, you can, we need you to play pulling guard. Here, you're back to number 61 because nobody wanted it. Here you go. So then I was 61. So then I got to Utah, and uh, we already had a guy, Kevin Williams or Wilson, big Kev, uh, six seven, big old white white dude. He had 61, and it looked horrible on him. So I was glad I didn't have it. But the only other number available was 69. So. Okay. I went ahead and took it, and then when I got to the Panthers, I walked in on yeah, after I signed, and there was my jersey handed to me by Jackie Miles as number sixty-nine. So, did you ever think about changing it, the number? No, I mean, I, then I would have had to, you know, well, okay, well, what number should I be? Does this look good? Does that look? And I just, eh, you know, what I went with, I went with fate and whatever was given to me all the way through. So there was probably bad mojo if I'd have switched, Jake. Would you have changed? Uh, and gone to the 70s instead, of, or would you have stayed in the 60s? Um, because, so, you know, you have yeah. Taylor Moten, 72, Russell Okun. No, he's 77. Taylor's 77. Oh, Taylor Moten. I was thinking Taylor Luan. Yeah, Taylor Moten, 72. Yeah, Taylor, I'm talking about the Panthers, Taylor yeah. Moten. Sorry. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 72 and um, 76. So I'm wondering if you would, change, would have changed to the 70s. I think that the numbers – like make you look slower or faster or fatter or thinner or whatever. I think 69 is typically for like a, a fatter build. Okay. It kind of feels, which I wouldn't say which I was. You were but, not, you were never considered that. I can promise you. Right. Thanks. So I, um, but in general, 70, some seventies are sweet. Some are like 78. I think of like just a kind of a big oaf, but 77. Okay. Now that guy's, that guy's fast. Right. So it's just years of watching old linemen, and I guess I guess the frequency of numbers correlating to a style like seventy one. Those are those are athletes, Walter Jones. You know what I mean? But like, I think this will maybe fans will be intrigued by this. 
these are conversations that players do have about numbers. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the crazy thing. Like, you yeah. have discussed this on numerous occasions with people. I know that. I mean, we oh, all yeah. have. 50s. If you're an old lineman, you're in the 50s, you're little and you're quick. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Even if you're like, you, even if you're huge and slow, if you got the 50s on, you're little and quick, right? That's like D lineman. Any D lineman with an offensive lineman number, you automatically write down on their scouting report high motor. Because the only reason a D lineman yes. in the NFL has an O lineman number is because they were a late round draft pick or free agent and they got stuck with a crappy O lineman number. And the only reason they made the team is because they've got an incredibly high motor. So it automatically, I would write it down in our weekly tests and our scouting reports like number 72, Giants, OCU Minora, high motor. High energy. Yeah. <laughs> he just you're, automatically no, did it. Exactly right. Jared exactly. Allen. I mean, 69. Yep, Jared 69. Allen, that's the that's the worst defensive end number. And he, I mean, that is just slow and brutal. And he's in, you know, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. He made it, he made it happen. But he, that same thing, because he was a fifth or sixth round pick out of Idaho State, and they just gave him that when he got there. Why were you 17? I don't know that. So 11 in high school because I wanted 12, but a senior was 12. So I took 11. And then so like college, Joe Namath, I, is that why you wanted 12? No, I, it was more probably Roger Staubach. You know, oh, I was a big Dallas fan growing up. Yeah. And then wanted 11. Uh, I mean, okay. So 11 in high school, wanted 12. Then in college, wanted 11. They had an upperclassman that had it. So I went back to 12. Then when I went to the Saints, when you're undrafted rookie free agent and your signing bonus is $39 to pay for the gas to drive to yeah. New Orleans, you just kind of mm -hmm. take whatever they give you. So they gave me number nine, and I had that for three wow. years, just warming it up for Drew Brees, in essence. Yeah. And right. then after my third year, I had maybe, I don't want to say clout, but I had a, I, I thought maybe I'd have a little bit of pull oh, yeah. and change my number. So I went to back to number 12. And when I went to the Panthers, uh, number 12 was taken. Randy Fasani was 12. Randy Fasani, Stanford. Yep. And then I wanted 16. Well, Chris Winkie had 16. I was Thanks a double-digit guy. I preferred double digits for myself. You're not fast like enough that. to be single digits. No, I was definitely fast. Enough. I was a blazer. No, you didn't know that. No, You so, got to be real fast if you're single digit. Yeah. Well, I was fast at one point in my life. And then okay. – uh, And then – so the next number, they had a couple of more, and my daughter was just born on the 17th uh, okay. a few months earlier, you know, of December. And so, you know what? I went with 17. Well, and the rest is history. But see, I couldn't have – you asked me about changing my number after the Panthers. If I would have done that after my third year like you, think about the millions and millions of fans that would have to get new jerseys. Millions or the – No, millions. Are your family members that you bought the jerseys for? When you look in the Bank of America Stadium at the Erickson Stadium at the time, I mean, it was a. I mean, there was no, there was no Julius Peppers or Steve Smith or Delone, Dan Morgan, none of that. It was a sea of '69, you know. Just so I couldn't have done it. it yeah, couldn't, I owed it to the fan. Uh, okay, last thing I got for you, Jake, because we're getting long here. The Panthers have today. We're recording this. It's the 13th. They're in helmets. Then they got three days of shells with no contact, but one of those days they have off. So only two days of shells, meaning helmets and shoulder pads, no contact. Then from there on, the 17th of August to the 6th of September, 14 padded practices, and then let's play a football game. Is that enough time? 
Yeah, I think it's enough time. I actually like the acclimation period and the gradual ramp up period. Because think about it, uh, the old school was show up, uh, get there at camp, check in, meetings at night, next day, full pads, boom, banging heads. Yeah. And just even a quarterback, I didn't hit anybody, but your head is sore from the helmet and, and, and all that stuff. So I like this gradual acclimation and the gradual ramp up period. Um, and then once you can start, you've had numerous installations and, and get moving. And like Coach Rule said, this is this is not new to him. This is what he, he he knows how to do, prepare a team to get ready to play without a game before. So the necessary evil that we think is the preseason, he is not used to that. So let's use it in our favor. All right, if the Panthers were to draft an offensive tackle instead of a defensive tackle and he had 14 padded practices in the NFL to get ready for, do you feel comfortable with that guy protecting your blind side? Go. If we drafted him in the top 10 in the NFL draft, I would expect him to be ready to play, yes. All right. And you'd step up, Jake. You didn't drift too deep. And that's what I love about you more than anything else, man. Well, All right. well no, I, used to, I needed to be reminded every now and then. Jake, you have a great uh, rest of your week. I'll talk to you next week. You listening to Jordan and Jake, powered by Ortho Carolina, now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. You got to remember, you got to remind me to say that, Jake, or else they're not going to sponsor us anymore. All right. You got it, buddy. I apologize. I should have been on my game. All right. See ya. Take care. <laughs>